Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we finally got the man from inside TaylorMade Tour Truck, Chris Trott. Chris is the director of global tours and sports marketing for TaylorMade, as well as host of the Team TaylorMade podcast. He has made a serious name for himself, not only on tour, but on social media in the form of Trotty Golf. Chris and the boys chat about the keys to TaylorMade's recent success on tour and how the use of analytics has accelerated that process. We dip into Chris's past and what his journey looked like moving into the position he is in today. Great interview that we hope you all enjoy. So without further ado, Chris Trot. Welcome to the 4Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 4Jack Podcast, brought to you by Jackson Labs. Fun one today. Back in it. I feel like we had almost like a break. You know, just been a quiet week. You know, the boys haven't been uh, getting together after the big move. We've been grinding. We've been uh, switching locations, and here we are. Um, But before we get into the logistics of where boys move and what we do, but we'll just say hello to the other bits of the group here. Parks, what's happening? Not much, man. Really uh, fortunate to have this guest on the show tonight. We uh, we sort of had a little female mishap, as female mishaps happen. But uh, excited to have this guy back on. Lots to talk about, lots to dive into. He's had some pretty unique and uh, winningest guests in his uh, in his domain lately. So we're, we're look forward to uh, talk deep dive on that one. Absolutely. Next up, NYC boy, Tombo. What's cracking? Not too much, boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this next guest, I'm excited to learn about what goes on in his life. I think I actually sent him a message about four or five years back. It was around the waste management open. I was like, hey, it'd be super sweet to meet up one day. Um, we talked about potentially meeting up through Instagram. And now today, I think, is the day we get to at least have a chat, which I'm excited about. Definitely. And that guest that we have on today, the director of global tours and global sports marketing for TaylorMade Golf host of the Team TaylorMade podcast, and the man behind the Tour Truck Tuesday and Trotty Golf, Chris Trot. What's up, dude? Hey, guys. It's uh, I mean, that's a hell of an entry. That's probably the best entry to a podcast I think I've had. Usually guys are like, yeah, this bloke works out on the tour. He's got Instagram. Check him out. But look, <laughs> oh, thanks no. for having me on, and thanks for your patience. We were back and forth, back and forth, but we're here, and we I'm are. ready for we it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good, guys. I just I want to hold hands and... Talk about our feelings for a while here, so get into the circle a little bit and just be happy yeah. with what it's. I brought my acoustic transpired. guitar tonight too. Just oh, perfect! Did yeah. yeah, kumbaya. I have, to have a little listen to that. That's oh, like sing a little kumbaya. Can't wait to listen to a man that doesn't know how to play a guitar. That's awesome. Yeah, let's not go. Let's not do that. <laughs> but uh, try to where are you down at? So I'm. Uh, I've currently through this whole COVID deal. I, I was hanging on longer than anyone, I think. And I was living in the garage and like, that was where I was doing all these zoom calls, all this training stuff, getting people fired up. And it gradually when Taylor made asked me to do some zoom stuff with players, I went garage to sort of like living room kind of area. And you know how it goes. I mean, you just start generally moving around your house and here in California, houses aren't very big. So right now we're in Carlsbad, California. And I don't know if we're going to, this is going to be a visual thing, but Room. I'm in my son's room, which is, uh, this is the first podcast from this very room. So oh, we wow. need to make this happen, boys. This needs to be legit. Nice. Hanging with the kids, right? That's the theme of this pod. I like exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, like all of you boys, I bet they've 
if we, I don't know if you've got kids, maybe I'm aging myself, but they run in and walk in on every single thing we're doing. So maybe they'll make an appearance. Yeah, we're waiting for the, we're just practicing right now. We don't have any, none that's, of us have any kids, best. just practicing. Yeah. We have a lamp though, as you can see, we're showcasing the lamp tonight. Oh, that's what? available for eighteen ninety nine if you just click the link. <laughs> Hell, we even have two of them. You know, it's a it's a big household. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to dive into a little bit of your history, but first off, we got to say like you you're just managing like a stable full of horses right now, like stallions right now. Like what what the hell is up with Tanmade? Like you guys just like yeah. feeding these guys steroids or what? Like I mean, it's disgusting in the last little bit. I mean, can you just it's, please, you know, give us some insight, give us some Callaway guys, or some Taylor, Titleist <laughs> guys, a couple wins. Like, God, jeez, man, it's a testament we've to the product. Had, uh, we've had it. We've had a really good run. Um, and since TaylorMade, or uh, let's just give some history on that. Cause I even got asked this question today, but TaylorMade got sold. Got to be like five years ago now, four years ago now, to a private equity company. So Adidas came out, and the strategy changed significantly. And when that changed. We changed our direction and and that's when we went for this elite stable of players and um boys i mean the work rate that you had prior to that when it comes to fitting golf clubs was insane i mean you would literally be at the grind wheel all day or the shaft cutter all day and you obviously see those nfl lads with the you know the, the paint on there whatever they do it was like graphite dust for us i mean i could literally wipe off a flipping ei 70 back in the day from underneath my chin and be like okay that was a heavy day but you know things move on and you end up with these elite players and it's different it working with them is different um negotiating contracts or being part of that team for TaylorMade that does that is different. You learn a lot about that, which I realized I needed to move aside a little bit and let the intelligent lads take care of that because it goes into a lot of analytics and it, it's a long process. And it, obviously you're talking big, big sort of situations that because they're committing themselves to a company like ours that needs to represent them the way they want to be represented. So it's a two-way field, this. And it's not what everyone thinks by any means. Then you get into the stage, and, and I did pre-warn you three before we started this, that I love to talk. So interject it. I like points. this. Let's go, baby. <laughs> like, just take us through, because this is interesting. Like, most people don't realize, like, what actually goes into this part of... 100%. The relationship between golf companies and elite level players. Like I go to the golf store, maybe get my lies adjusted, but like this is you're in the trenches all the time, like optimizing their clubs around them as players. And like, what Madness. does it look like to support a player like that? Right. Yeah. And hundred percent. And there's a lot more to it. Like, where are they going to play in the world? What demographic of people are they going to connect with? What markets are they going to connect with? How are they going to help with golf course development, tour development, bringing in younger players? How do they represent our brand? Can we get the front of hat? Front of hat is huge in every deal. Um, hence why, you know, Dustin is such a major horse for us. And, and you know, boys, I mean, it, I, I mean, my, my goal at the end of this podcast is to sell that lamp. But I'm telling you, Dustin, if Dustin Johnson was here, he'd sell the lamp. When people he'd sell both. See this, the boys are <laughs> yeah. sat with the lamp. I mean, it's a great lamp. It'd but if Dustin lampless. was stood with that lamp, we would sell that lamp. Yeah. He's just beautiful, man. He's a I, beautiful man. I got to touch on something that you kind of said there. But when you're speaking about analytics with these with these players and building these contracts, I mean, 
how do you how does Taylor May deal with that, especially with someone say like Matthew Wolf, who you're kind of just looking at potential. You can look at these analytics and go, okay, you know, he has this, he has these numbers, but buying like, futures. Yeah, like, are you? Is it like going to be? It's not a front-loaded contract, obviously, because you can't really offer him too much at first. You're really hoping for a lot down the road. So, how do you look at the analytics and build that contract around that? Well, obviously, I mean, there's not a ton I can say here because we're getting in dangerous waters. <laughs> no, no, of course. Yeah. But like, how here. do these guys even think well, about this? But what I will say is that the, the journey starts and there's a guy that I, I really like the guy. I work with him a, a little bit or a lot, depending on what we're doing with players, but Ryan Resser, Deuce, and he keeps himself under the radar and all these things because he has to, because he's the guy that can tell you every awesome 15 year old golfer across the United States, mm -hmm. basically. And then he'll tell you every awesome 16, 17, 18, 19 year old golfer. And he builds this relationship with these players. And eventually he, he comes into the sort of, and I've been at TaylorMade 15 years in the States now for five and a half. So, you know, I've worked with these people all over the world, like um, Jazz, Janata Watertank, oh, right? Stud. You guys know him. Stud. I signed him at TaylorMade when he was 16 wow. from Titleist. So Jazz, we've always known he was going to be legit. Um, it, it, you go Kiradek. Kiradek. I was I was living out in Asia. I was living in Hong Kong. Kiradek was a stud. We had Kiradek around the groove change. The only reason we lost Kiradek is because we couldn't get the grooves figured out. Then he goes to the dark side, and the rest is history. And it is what it is. But Jazz, for example, this guy Deuce Resser, new Wolfie, new Morikawa, new one other that I'm not going to mention. And they were the three horses that we had all the way through. Then it goes into a stage where we take it further and we have a lot of analytics that looks at everything. Again, not sure how much I can say, but you're, you're given a load of data, yeah. a load of data from different avenues. And basically you have, like every company, a marketing budget. And you're like, okay, you, you can probably pick one from three, maybe two from three. And we obviously picked our two from three. Again, I'm not going to say the third. I can tell you now the career is working out pretty good for the third as well. But we got two from three. And, I mean, yeah, we're pretty stoked. Wolfie is, Wolfie is so unique compared to everyone else in the stable. I mean, he's a freak. I, I, I don't want to go down this avenue either because we just had our photo shoot two weeks ago. So I can't talk about everything 2021. Yeah. But Wolfie <laughs> at the shoot... It's like, it's just so easy. It, yeah. he, he gets it. He's so young, naive, fun. You, you just kind of got to put him in one avenue. Although I did try and get him in one lane at the shoot and he took us on such a tangent that I don't, I think we lost about 15 minutes of content that we will never use. Because at the end we were talking like about persimmon, I think. I'm like, where are we going with this, Wolfie? I had to stop him and be like, we just get back in, in what we're actually doing here, mate. He's like, oh, yeah, Trotty, sorry. I was having fun. I was like, I get it, mate. But we're talking about persimmon woods here. Clock, that's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, that's not the direction we're looking to go. But, but the, point I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, is that you, you gather the information, you gather the players. The original question was about the stable of players. There's a lot more that goes into it. And you end up, it's like building a hockey team, you know, or building a soccer team. Mm -hmm. You need people to be able to do each position. Yep. And at some point you yeah. need someone to sell the jerseys. You know what I mean? It's right. as simple as that. 
and connecting each different person with like who they fit in the marketplace and building those campaigns around them, which brings me back to like, yeah, Dustin Johnson. He said he's a thing of beauty. I'd like, I'd, he looks like he would just be a great guy to be around, like an all round dudes dude. What's it like working with J- Dustin Johnson? So I, I have had a relationship with Dustin that has been very, um, as an English guy, now I'm a well-traveled English guy, but it, it's a long way. I think about my and Dustin's ages and life. You know, we've both traveled, but eight, 10 years ago when I first met him, there really wasn't a lot that we would say to each other because there's this guy from the Carolinas and there's me from Liverpool, England. I mean, you're talking like polar opposite. Yeah. And we've kind of come together. And uh, someone I know when uh, Jason Housie, a guy who works on our team, yep, came on here and spoke about Keith Sabarbro. Keith is our boss. And Keith has this ability, and I've learned this from him, that he can make a connection with someone no matter where they're from. And he's a San Diegan, and he's a San Diegan through and through. But he, again, as a travelled man, he ends up making this connection with people 20 years older than him, 20 years younger than him, and he ends up in a good spot with them. It's a great skill. And I think with Dustin in this last two years, having had the opportunity to be around him a little bit more, I've got myself in a position where... You know, the guy will call you if he needs something. I can easily go on stage and present with him somewhere. And he's great. He's fantastic with consumers. His agent understands it and has groomed him to get into a place. And you end up with this fantastic product that represents your brand. I mean, he's everything tailor-made. And I feel like we're, you know, we're really by his side with that. It's a, it's a great position to be in. And just when he comes on the trucks and stuff, it's... we're all at such a place with all these guys. It's just, it's quite a, I take it for granted, but then I come on something like this and I realize I shouldn't take it for granted. And these guys hang out on our trailer at events. It's their home away from the bullshit. And they just are like, it's, it's pretty cool. And you don't realize it until you get into the off season and you have a minute to sit back and go, yeah, this is actually a really good job. This I, I, mm-hmm. I need to think about how lucky I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that time when DJ came in and working on his stuff and we just had a chat about life and it was like, wow, like that's something nobody else gets with him. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And also the fact that he can come on and all of the guys know exactly what he needs. And he's, he's open to communicate because we're working at the end of the day and we're there to provide a service. So yeah, there's that side, but also they're like, Hey, you know, I need this and I know you guys know what I need because we've Mm. got this on autopilot. Let's figure it out. And that level of trust as to, well, you you guys know, and everyone does know, and it's, it's good. I mean, he's, he's a unique player. He's an amazing player. I mean, him and Rory, they do things with a golf ball that us normal humans, it's, I play golf today with a corn fairy player, good player, not a tailor-made guy. And he's good. He's name, really good. Name he's drop? only a kid. Uh, his name was Brent Waite. And he's only he's only young. This guy's like 24. But, I mean, he's nuking it past me off the tee, as he should be, like 20 by me. He's straight every hole. He's pitching it close. And they're 10 a penny. But mm-hmm. no disrespect to him, but when you get around, and we talked a bit about Rory today, and this is only what I told him. He hit a shot. He said, I'm going to hit one like Rory. He's a big Rory fan. And I'm like, I can tell you now, Rory's apex on that shot you just hit there is probably 30 feet higher. I mean, it's like insane. It's And this kid 
could well go on and have a PGA Tour career. The game was polished enough that he could. But what you've got with Rory and Dustin is just insane. That, insane. that other gear, that other level, that other notch. But, it, but, not, but not physically doable. And, and I think I, the only one that I've ever seen that – Probably the best one I've seen beyond that that has to be mentioned in their in their same sentence is is Garcia when it comes to a driver. I mean Garcia is now when you get into woods and uh, when you get into irons and stuff that's a different conversation. But when you get into woods and just watching these boys hit woods, Dustin, Rory, Garcia, end of. It's just the ball striking in general. Like I listened to Jeff Ogilvy talk about that the other day, talking about like the crunch of the ball and how you can go up and down any PGA Tour driving range and. For the most part, you're going to hear the same sound, but there's always those few guys where you're like, Whoa. like you always said, Rory, DJ, Bryson has that, and it's like, geez, what the hell is that? Like, I even PGA Tour players are like, I can't do that. I, I don't know yeah. how to hit that shot. I don't know how to make it sound like that. I mean, just to be around that every day and to know that you have a helping hand in creating that, it's like, ooh, God, that's going to be deadly out there. Yeah, and I mean, but you get into a point with these boys, Garcia for sure, we could send my nan to fit Garcia. I mean, <laughs> the guy is ridiculous. You honestly, I, I mean, boys, seriously, I could literally just put a hat on you boys and just say, just tell him you've been working for Taylor May for 20 years. Be, he's a piss. I mean, he hits every okay. shot the same. If you can't fit him, you you have no right to be doing the jobs we're doing. <laughs> Simple as that. He's that good. He's that good. What's DJ like in the truck? Is he a little bit nitpicky or is he just like, that's how I like it, fit it? Dustin Johnson has to, and the one biggest thing of him, and, and you know, the marketing guys really try and make a big deal out of stuff and get him all this jazzy stuff, black, white, or navy. Just, and that's, he's more bothered about that stuff. His clubs are one, mm -hmm. the loft, the lie, the, the iron shafts with the X1s that are soft stepped and the tall velvets and the KB wedge shaft, the Fuji Cora driver shaft, three wood and rest or seven wood now, true temper, uh, Project X usually. Specs, tipping, all stays the same. Loft all stays the same. Face angle, same. Hot melt position, which is where you change CG, same. Length, swing weight, same. But do not screw around with the alignment stick or the putter cover covers. They must be black, white, or navy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, everything's got to match. It just make my shit match. If it matches, the clubs are what they are. Just you guys know what you're doing there. But the only thing he gets nitpicky on is if we throw in like this orange limited. He's like, what are you doing? I, I'm not going to use that. No, no. He's, <laughs> he's high maintenance, it's kind of like his wife or his girlfriend. <laughs> All right, no comment now. Yeah, no, no, maybe no. that's where yeah, he gets it Yeah, that's getting into hot water. <laughs> yeah. I got I to be a little bit of a you know devil's advocate here. I got I got to ask. You, you've had the opportunity to be in front of some pretty crazy people. What was it like? And I mean, before we dive into you and your, your introduction to golf... What was it like having the big cat sit down for a convo? That just just had to have been a fun, fun experience. Um, yeah. The uh, so it, it's it's I, I can't say too much about the second one. I'm sure I'm only going to go there. So they, we're talking about the first time, which everyone is seeing and is out there. So the story goes: I get given this opportunity to go on the Team TaylorMade podcast, and the, the, I'll take even further back. We had a couple of people hosting, and this was really one of the, the breaks in this whole social media world for me because my boss was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is this is hassle. I can see this is going to – I don't want to do it. So anyway, I end up doing it. So we do the first run of podcasts, and 
as you're obviously are telling and your listeners are telling here, I like to talk. So we're talking away. We do the podcast. Brilliant. Sex, second season comes around and Tiger's going to happen. And I get given this script. Now, I'll be honest. I, to this point in, I'd probably been on the tour at that point, 14 years, had done absolutely zero for Tiger Woods. That's a lie. I'd bent a putter for him. The putter. I had Ooh, bent. You had the because putter? Because the putter oh. in, in, where were we? We were somewhere east, and it was on the truck, and it was just before he got into our Ardmore putter. And the putter was on there. We're taking all these pictures. We had two engineers. We had my boss, and he wanted to change a lie up right. And it went from each and every one of them. The engineer passes to the engineer. Then he passes to my boss, and my boss goes, uh-uh. you bend that. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I'll bend it. If it breaks, then we're game on. <laughs> I'll so never I bent have a career the, again. <laughs> so I li- yeah, I literally moved the putter like half a degree. That was it. And that, and in 14 years, I was like, well, that was a bit, you know, a bit underwhelming, whatever. I guess I can retire now and tell my grandkids that's what happened. Brilliant. Anyway, then this call-up comes to do this, um, to do this podcast. And I get the script and I look at the script and the first thing that's going through my mind is I, I TaylorMade has given me this opportunity to represent TaylorMade. This is, that's a big deal. Cause it's not like it's like, this is your podcast. You guys can say whatever you want and be whoever you want. You, you can't. Yeah. Right? Like get into that script. Like what does a script look like for a conversation like that? Cause I just am thinking about if we had a script right now and how that would go. And it's like, that would probably end up. <laughs> disaster on our end. It looked cheesy and it looked boring and it, did. <laughs> and it looked it looked it looked golf geeky in the way that whoever would follow that script didn't understand the game and that was what was worrying me the most about the script because look i'm not a bad golfer I, i've i've been better than i am today and i play once a week and I, there are some shots that I fear and some shots that I play well. And, and that's just the way golf is to me. And I'll go out and have fun with you and I'll either shoot realistically level par or I'll shoot 78, 79, 80 and have a few beers and we'll have a laugh and it'll be what it'll be. Um, but I know the game and having been around the game and taught the game, taught juniors and had this obviously literally like strip club view of professional yeah. golf I, I i know the game and sit in front row center and perv row there we yeah. go I like that i kind of figured that that would suit you with me getting <laughs> yeah. that comment and i know that's where you want to go and basically just no here's my man i said he'd interrupt you want to there we go on in this is a family show right after we said that yeah yeah exactly is he gonna say so parksy was parksy was he's sneaking around so um Basically, you get given this script, and I remember going up to the CMO and being a bit like, I don't like the script. There I he is. Like what's up, dude? <laughs> How you doing? What's up? They're saying what's up. Look at up. that hair. They're saying what's up. Look at this. Sorry for anyone listening who can't see this. We've got two of them. Here's oh, the other one. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, got guys. we got skateboarders yeah, and surfers exactly. in the house? We we interrupt this podcast for the usual COVID kids <laughs> yeah, jumping for the in. Promotion of family values, right? Exactly. <laughs> Stop okay. It. 
<laughs> so I, I end up going to, and this again is where TaylorMade is fantastic, and it is fantastic as a. Uh, uh, hello, we got the wife as well. We got all three. All right, come on in. Hey, team. <laughs> hello, Anyway, so uh, we end up in this situation. I go up to my boss's boss basically, and I'm like, "Look, I don't like the script." Now, that's not the words I use, Parks. You, you, you get a feel for me. That's yeah, yeah. not the words that I, I use. I hear you. But it's a family show, so I was like. It's it's, just, it's it's my one up. It's it's also my one opportunity. I may never speak to this guy again, and mm -hmm. I'm going to have him for forty minutes, and it's going to be money, and and I need to make it money. And he simply says to me, and this is why I love working for TaylorMade, and I know that people might on here be like, oh yeah, cool, but this is why I love him. He goes, if you think you can do better, you do it. So I go, well, I bleep okay. bleep bleep. Insert what you want. I can go do it. So I go away. Not one other person in TaylorMade saw that script. They completely trusted that I was going to handle the greatest player of my career. Now, I, I didn't know Jack Nicholas, So for me, he's the greatest. And they trusted me 100%. And obviously, going into the situation, I was getting... I, I, was, I was nervous. I mean, I didn't even sleep much the night before. Because at nice. this point, you've got this small Instagram thing, which is still small. And you've got this YouTube thing that you're trying to do. And that's small too. And you've got this place in the game of golf, but all of a sudden it's like this, if I mess this up, it's how you start thinking when you've got a tight t-shirt. If I yeah. mess this up, this could be, a, a, it could be over in all fairness. Real quick. Yeah. You get the fans but, going and they're like, you didn't do it the way it should have been done. Yeah. And down with Trotty, right? Here like, we go. Here we like, go. Dude, but... but I've also, but I've also got to do right by Taylor May Golf. It's their show. I, it, it, they're the company. They're the people holding the contract with him. It's, it's. I have to do right by them. So obviously we get into this thing, and uh, he's with a handler who I believe used to work for Augusta. And the handler comes in and says, uh, "I'm going. Oh, we've got. Um, we were running late. All photo shoots run late. I was like, we've got 30, 30 minutes. And he goes, "You've got twenty seven. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, yeah. thanks, bud. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, Appreciate well, well let, let's rock and roll. So I go, Tiger, sit down, buddy. So he sits down, and he, he, he walks around, bless him, like tough at these things. You can tell the day wears on him. And he's like, oh, sits down, gets himself comfortable, get him a bottle of water, literally fire it up instantly, reel off the introduction, and I threw a gag in pretty quickly about um, – how he intimidated me. I don't know if you boys, whoever hasn't listened to it, how he intimidated me. Uh, the, the range in Dubai has a little modulus, like a tent-shaped concrete tent, the restroom. And I said, the closest place it ever got to you was I walked into a restroom, you're in there. And I was that nervous that I couldn't even take a piss because I'd been to go <laughs> in there. And I was like, you know, that, that was the icebreaker though. I think he realized, one, this kid's not a kook. Two, he's obviously traveled all over the world if he's seen me in Dubai. And three, He's up for a bit of a laugh. And then there were a few questions I had. I'm a big Ben Hogan fan. I asked him a couple of questions about Ben Hogan. I wanted to get them in. I think if with anyone, no one in the media really asks him that. So I think if you get him that in that stuff early, he's going to realize that I somewhat at least studied the game because I'm not as old as freaking Ben Hogan. At least I don't look it. And obviously we went down that route and then we talked a bit about equipment and satisfied the tailor-made side. And I, I obviously, you know, the fella then, just to get, put the end to this or before the questions, because I imagine you've got, hopefully you've got some questions. We get to like 25 minutes and the boy from Augusta used to, he starts standing up and doing the, the old, and I'm sort of at the corner of my eye thinking, listen, fella, I've been watching my iPhone. I know I got two more minutes left, even for 27. 
I got this dialed. Like, don't ruin the end here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just don't ruin Trust it. the process, we, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> we closed it out and he gets up and and, it, and he actually looked me in the eye and he's like, hey, that was actually pretty good. And I was like, yeah, at this point now, you're like as high as a house. Of course, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's perfect, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah bro. Put yeah. your camera away. No exactly. photographs. No photographs. <laughs> and then, you know, off he goes. And the only thing that really ruined it for me is there was a guy working the camera and uh, he'd said nothing the whole time. And obviously, he's in order. I mean, the guy's the best player in the world. So, of course, he's in order. And then he's just like, oh, Tiger, Tiger, do you, do you think I could have a selfie with you? And I was like, we looked so cool for, for like, half an hour there like act like you've been here you know what i mean yeah. and then he takes a selfie with tiger which what fair dues i mean whatever and you then never goes, get that chance. Fan, fan girl though that's a little yeah come on well bro. it wasn't me was it i right. mean i'm just uh, so i stayed out of the way see you mate fist bump off yeah, you go I let's like move that. on by the end of that and you kind of alluded to that earlier by asking the ben hogan questions but by the end of that did you kind of feel like tiger might have just gone okay i think i could do this like I could almost do this unprotected like I don't need the script I don't need to be sheltered through this process like maybe I would enjoy doing more things like he's got to be programmed though I mean for this no, kind but of like, stuff he's regardless. still a golf junkie you know like he this guy is a master of the game and he loves to talk about the game and I'm sure that he would love to get into like a good discussion about it from opinions that aren't structured like did but he kind of get that feel why, why do you think Tiger Woods does the TaylorMade podcast it, it, it's uh, you're going to give maybe one hand, but it, it's a safe house. For mm-hmm. sure. Woods tour, it's a safe, we're a safe house. And I can take it as far as I can take it, but I work for TaylorMade. I represent the brand. I love representing the brand. I want to continue to represent the brand. It's a safe house. Yeah, and like, you know, I got, I was doing some stuff with him recently that was fantastic. And he was in a much better headspace. I think he wasn't as painful as he was. And he's brilliant, but he's only going to take, I, I certainly this time pried a little more on some golf mm. questions and he was only going to take me so far. And the rest is almost like, listen, kid, you've asked me the question. You've asked me two follow-ups. I've answered you what I'm going to answer you. Whether you like it or not, that's, that's going to be yeah, my yeah, answer. Yeah. You get. Yeah. It's just unfortunate because like, we know what the world is today. It's podcast filled. It's open opinions. And it's like... You, you hear these stories from tour players about Tiger and they're like, yeah, you know, he's great to talk about with this and this. And you're like, I would love to hear that. Like, I really want to hear Tiger talk about like more than just what his post round is and what is scripted for him. Like, I I want to hear his golf mind because we know it's the best. We know that there's nobody else in the game of golf right now. Maybe more well-read than, you know, Brandel Chambly even. And it's like, you are the guy that I want to listen to. Like, tell me, talk to me, man. There's a lot, there's a lot of things. I mean, for those of people that have followed me on uh, Instagram, I have this head camera that I put on sometimes. It's a tiny little camera and uh, it takes a portrait. Anyway, I was with his bag the other day and uh, I know he has this training putter that's an old putter and I picked it up and held it so the camera would see it. Afterwards, I tried to play it back and just to look at it, see if it came out. And it goddamn was like three inches below where the portrait cut off. Oh. So this putt has never really been put into the earth before. And I was like, I think I'm going to go there and do it. And I was talking to him. He saw me pick the putter up. He didn't say, so I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. So I'm like, perfect. I'm getting all this, recording it. I'm just looking at just, and it was obviously just below. So oh, maybe shit. some things aren't meant to be revealed. You know what shit. I mean? That's true. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the allure of Tiger. You know, it's funny though. Revealed. 
let's the let's mystery. Put it, let's put it this way: like you are starting to become whatever celebrity status you want to you want to sort of relate it to. But at, oh, wait. just oh, wait, yeah. just wait, just wait. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. With this. At some capacity, you're being recognized now as sort of this voice. This. I don't know, vetted sort of knowledge center surrounding golf and, and having access to these guys. So you can imagine people are starting to reach out to you for podcasts and they want to know insider info and they want to get a little angle on the guys that they really look up to or, or their idols. But at that capacity, take that and times it by a gazillion. And that's, that's Tiger uh, Woods, right? Horrendous. So yeah. like, on and, the- and, and think about it. Like, his brand is so important. Oh, it's oh, so important. Crazy. And it's amazing. Like, and, and he needs and he has people that work for his brand who care as much about his brand as I do about TaylorMade. Yeah. Because the truth is they understand I don't have access to these players without TaylorMade. We don't expose it, expose it in a way that people understand unless I work for TaylorMade and prepared to put the time in and do it. But Tiger's people... He doesn't have the safe house without them. They create the safe house. It's like everything else. I mean, it's all a, a big thing that gets it going. They're all important. But as soon yeah. as someone steps out of line with all these things, then the house of cards obviously falls down. So yeah. it's, it's a great subject to talk about. And and I wonder, I wonder where it's all going to go. So you think about it. You get these big hockey teams or you get these big franchises and people start doing 15 years from now, hopefully across all sports. I don't know, maybe it happens now if you're a hockey geek, but someone comes out and talks about the kit, the equipment, and then maybe they're in the locker room or they're part of the coaching staff and they start to reveal stuff. But where do we get a control of that as a business? Because I think I do a pretty good job of revealing what I can reveal and sometimes a little bit further. But I've been there 15 years. I understand. See, I think the you're culture. already you're already seeing it, and you talk to the guy who basically defined every single one of these players. Now, every one of them. Yeah. You work for a brand, but yeah, maybe they're with that brand, but they're also their own brand, and so is every yeah. other player. Tiger Woods created the golf brand, that platform, the player brand, yeah. and you're yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Okay. You want to see something come out? Well, it's not just get into TaylorMade. It's get into that brand as well. There's so much protection around every single one of them now. And that wasn't there, like you said, 15 years ago. I mean, yeah. you could go back through the early 2000s, the 90s, the 80s. You could find out anything you wanted about these players. Mm-hmm. It was available. I think that comes down to just what's at stake, right? Like Trotty mentioned it, being having the opportunity to interview Tiger Woods as great as it is, is almost, it can be a curse if you, if it doesn't go the way you want it to. And like you get ridiculed that way. It's like you have this opportunity where it's like, we need to squeeze every ounce of value out of this as the Tiger Woods brand as the Matthew Wolf brand as the Dustin Johnson brand. So then you start to develop these teams around you where it's like, okay, eventually you need to break down that a little and let, like that organic chat, but have people in place that know these are the boundaries, right? Like I shouldn't just be giving away this information because that's like your proprietary stuff. That's what makes you, you. But you know what though, if we go back, 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 and I'm just thinking now about what we've said and the first script I got, the first script I got for Tiger Woods was written by a couple of pals of mine who work in marketing. And the more I think about the experience and even on this podcast as I live through it and I try and reflect on it, They wrote that script because they didn't have the viewpoint that I had on the truck. They didn't Mm -hmm. have, and I didn't have massive relationship with Tiger, 
but I'd obviously been in the same place and we'd give them the odd thumbs up or high five or whatever. So it's like, okay, I know we can push it further. So I think that it's just a fine line. And I think we've hit yeah. that point here. It, 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 let's see where it goes. Um, I think all these things are great. I think we get to talk about the game as we want to talk about it, which in the past, these you would have been able to find them, to your point, Chris, but you know you, you wouldn't be able to get them now on the end of an iPhone. Definitely not. You know, it's different, and, and we got to thank you as fans and, and spectators and, and lovers of the game that we get this opportunity with people like you to get a little peek behind the curtain. But before we continue on with that conversation, because I feel like we're kicking a dead horse a little bit, Let's take it all the way back. Let's deep dive into your introduction to the game and how you got involved with the sport that we all share a passion for. I think like all of us, it was um, my old man took me down once a week, living in uh, living just south of Liverpool, England. You'd go freezing your balls off. And I think it was back in the 80s. He was basically working his ass off. And I think probably... I have a sister who's eight years older than me. He didn't have much. He had a relationship with her, but again, working his ass off, didn't have much. And I think he was probably at the point, second time round, saying parents and all that shit. But he's like, you know what? I need to at least be involved with my son a little bit. So it was like, hey, let's go play golf. And we would play every single week, come rain or shine. And like I say, I just remember it being cold in the winters. But a lot of play. rain. I remember, I remember putting on, and it's cool now that i got kids, we put on the same clothes, team uniform, go and play winter league. And my dad was all in for it. And I mean, I was just like, obviously thought it was great. He must have been walking around thinking, God, I look a dick. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it's what it is. Yeah. And we go and play. And I remember we hustle all the way through. And he's probably getting to the knockout stages thinking, I hope we get knocked out. And I'm obviously grinding it out to make sure we get to the final. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was good memories. And then you, you get a bit better. And I spoke to him recently about this. And I said to him, like, what happened when I started playing with better players? At some point, you meet some lads your own age and you start hanging out with them and you realize that they're better than you or vice versa. And then you start practicing your nuts off and you want to be better than them. And they're in England, they'll disappear and start playing like pool or snooker and, and table tennis because that's around usually most of the golf course junior rooms. And I just ground it out and got better and got better. And my old man's like, yeah, I was pretty devastated because obviously I'd play golf with you every week for five years. And all of a sudden I had no one to play golf with. And you didn't want to play with me because I was shit. basically shit, not getting any better. <laughs> and still am shit. And uh, you were getting better. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And then, and then, you know, I wanted to be a pro like so many of us. And, uh, you know, then you got your old man saying, maybe get a qualification. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So then had a little crack at college in the States and, we quickly realized that wasn't going to work and I was a long way away from home. Um, headed back home quickly, played some amateur stuff like Spanish amateur, Portuguese amateur, not a lot of success. Realized I was struggling a bit, became, then did my teaching qualification. This is actually where it gets interesting. Did my teaching qualification and equipment qualification like British PGA. You have it in the US as well, probably Canada. Did my British PGA, got into the final year of it. We had the Ryder Cup was at the venue I was at, the Belfry. And um, basically, Great. I was working for Ta on behalf of TaylorMade in a fitting room. First, like, ever million-dollar range in the UK back in oh, 2000, 2002-ish, 03, maybe. And um, first million-dollar range, and the sales were going up and up through the roof. They were going, like, the highest that TaylorMade had at a green grass, so on-course location. Yeah. Anyway, guy comes in, and McGinley came in the week before. Paul McGinley, Ryder Cup yeah. captain was a player at the time, just held the winning putt. 
go comes in, goes through this whole day with like 20 people in suits. And they came into the fitting suite that I was running. I did the day, ended it, shook hands with a guy and said to him, oh, thanks for coming. And he says, oh, my name is um, Tom Olofsky. This guy's name's Tio. Tio is the product designer now for Cobra. So all Bryson stuff is done by Tio. And I, he says, I've come out here all the way from uh, California. He said, I was meant to sort of MC the day. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys come from California. And I just thought it was me that was meant to be running these VIPs through the day. So I was like, oh, sorry. And he said, no, no, you did an amazing day. You were, you were brilliant. You didn't put a foot wrong. And I went, well, even when I had the Pro V1s instead of the Max Fly Ball, because it was Max Fly Ball at the time. And he's like, oh, I saw that. And the speed changed. I was like, yeah, sorry about that. I was like, I was like, fuck. All right, fair enough. Cheers. Right. Get out. I'm, I'm panicking. Get out. Get out. See you. Yep. Shut the door. Lock it. You know, off we go. A week later, fella turns up and it was back when Max Fly was going. She has Max Fly on the right chest. He has TaylorMade on the left chest. And uh, we used to have a triple Adidas on the back of the shirt. And he walks in and I'm like, no one has those logos. Yeah. How's this Who's guy this got guy? these triple logos? Yeah, we did it. It's this guy. So we start messing around. And I remember I fitted him for a 580, 580 9.5 Graphaloid Light. Red, 65, one inch tip, 45 and a half, tall velvet, 58 rib, one tape, D3. And he says to me, well, that's the exact driver I've already got. And I'm, I'm on 1% commission. And every fit, I'm earning minimum wage. I need every freaking pound I can get. So I look at this joker and I'm like, uh, you already got this driver? He says, yeah, yeah, I've already got that driver. I was like, okay, can I sell you a three wheel? Don't need a three wheel. Can I say it? And we go all around the house. Yeah, he's like, I got all these yeah. clubs. Yeah. And he Not says, uh, he's Irish. And he goes, eh, I haven't come here for a fitting. And I'm like, well, we've just gone through a fitting. So what <laughs> the hell can I do for you? There? I mean, the coffee, was the coffee good? He's like, no, I've come to see you. I've come to see you, actually, Chris. And I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. I'm like, it's a okay. fitting of a different sort. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he basically says to me, uh, how do you fancy traveling the world? And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking a camera's going to come out. Like, where we go? And I'm like, yeah, it sounds brilliant. I mean, this guy's like, whack, let's go. Get the next <laughs> fit in him. Sure, travel the world. He goes, no, no, listen to me. I'm the sports <laughs> marketing director for TaylorMade Golf. I want to offer <laughs> you a job. And I was like, oh, okay. And pretty much on the spot. I tripled my wage. Oh, I went to work on the European tour. So I was like, happy days. So at like 23, I'm some sort of rock star earning about 25,000 pounds, feeling like flipping Puff Daddy back in the day. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. I kind of so, thought Pat, that, I kind of thought that was Patty Harrington that offered you to that job. <laughs> that was bang yeah. on. <laughs> oh, he, he had the same accent. Anyway, so we go and do this gig and I travel around Europe for 11 months. I finished my PGA course. Obviously, I'm doing it from the trailer with now help from tailor-made engineers in the PGA, British PGA equipment stuff, which is like re-grip the club like this, change the loft. Like, and I've got the best engineers in the game. I'm taking my assignments to like the guy who designs the clubs for tailor-made. And he's like, yeah, change that, change that. I get 100% in the equipment side. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. No one's ever done that. I'm like, yeah, well, I work for tailor-made. That's some help. <laughs> you know? yeah, have good Anyways, have good mentors. Yeah. yeah so we go on and i, I my, when i told my old man this going back to my old man i said to my old man uh because dad was stoked because they had a pension package and dad's of that dad's of that generation that if That's you've security. got a pension you made it you got a pension you're in so i go in and dad's like uh i remember going home and saying I, i'm gonna quit and, he, and he's sort of like what what and i'm like i'm gonna i want to be on tour like i want to play on tour it's what i've always wanted to do i'm gonna go and have a go at doing it and he's like okay 
And to be fair to him, he's like, okay, you, I said get a qualification. You've got qualified as a teaching pro. You got this amazing job, but okay. Now back to the Irish fella. I went and told this guy, Ian Watts, his name is. He was a good, good friend of mine. Still is, although we don't speak as much now. I said to him, listen, you know, I, it's something I got to do. I've, I've got to try. And I went to two Q schools and the second one I had a horrendous neck injury. I got through to stage two, got a challenge tour card, tried to get on the Asian tour, wasn't working out. Anyway, about 15 months later, he called me up and he said, listen, I, I, I can keep this job open. I've kept it open for you, but I need to know if you're going to come back. And this is 15 months after I left. Wow. And, I, and I, I thought about it for about two weeks and I was like, yeah. And I jacked in, I jacked in and went back and, I mean, the rest isn't history because then I got an opportunity to run Asia. That then became Australia, which is why I spent loads of time around jazz and all around Asia. My wife came with me, who's English. She, I remember we'd been married a week and we moved to Hong Kong. She wasn't stoked about that. She was like, <laughs> uh, okay, really? That's what we're going to do. So we went did. She loved it. We had a great time in Asia. My kids were born in Hong Kong. Then wow. we bought Adam's Golf and I got an opportunity to move to Texas. And that's my cell phone number. If anyone has it, it's a Texas number. <laughs> and I was in Texas for five weeks, believe it or not. My wife didn't even see Texas because we got shifted to California. And you still so have the Texas that, number? That's a good trade-up, too. Yeah, yeah. I kind of dive a little deeper into, like, yeah, what it was like building a family while traveling the world working. Like, that's, I think, something that's fascinating to me. And it would be just interesting. Yeah. What were the challenges and what were some of the benefits of doing that in your life? Yeah. I mean, you get all these messages now with Instagram and people like, how do I get your job? How do I get your job? My old man basically was a store, going back to him, store, and you get so much from your parents. He was a stores director for a frozen food company. All right. And bear with me here. But he said to me at times before, when I'm down about things, he's like, you're working with golf clubs. I was working with frozen chickens. Like, think about that for a minute. Like yeah. golf clubs is a lot more horny than frozen chickens. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair news. <laughs> but he says to me that, you know, he traveled a lot. Like I said, he didn't really see my sister much. I, if I hadn't played golf, I wouldn't have seen him much. He worked his ass off, 100, 150 miles in a car, 1,000 miles in a car, 50,000 miles in a car every year, like hammering it. Wow. And the guy says to me, like, you know, it's not going to come to you. That's what he would always say to mm. me. It's not going to come to you. Now, I was okay academically, but I'm one of those airy-fairy people that likes design and stuff and drawing. You never know what that's going to do, do you? My old man is like, Okay, so you want to do technical drawing, like okay, and I was like, well, not really technical. It's like, oh Jesus, you know that to him is like, yeah. do you not want to study maths? Not really. <laughs> anyway, I want to build a brand. Yeah. Exactly. What? But I think I think he was like, you got to make sacrifices. And when I said I wanted to be a player, he's like, you have to make that. You have to travel. It's not going to come to you. You have to seek advice from the best coaches. You have to go and find the best people for your fitness, etc., etc., etc. And I threw myself into that. Now knowing what I know now learning all about the golf swing, that might not have been the best thing to do. Because I can tell you now, Dustin Johnson knows what Dustin Johnson needs to know about the golf swing. That's it. I mean, when mm. you see him hitting balls in Mexico and we're at altitude, there is one number coming up on his track, man. And that is the carry distance. That is it. And it's so good to watch. And it's such a discipline because you boys try and do that next time you're on a range and you've got a track, man, and you're going to hit shots on it. Try and get the guy who's working it or whatever just to tell you one number. And leave that track man just knowing one number, whether that's your path, your dynamic loft, you just want to know one number and then you want to try and manipulate it. And if you can do that, that's a real skill. And if you can do it properly, like again, I played today, like I mentioned, I played with some retired NFL guys. 
but they're asking me for advice about golf and I'm trying to just give them stuff that makes golf as much of a reaction to receiving a, a football as as they do or did. I mean, these guys are retired now. But if you make it too technical, you're screwed. It's channeling right. that like natural ability as well. Like there's always that story of I can't remember who it was walking down the range and they saw Ernie Els. And you remember Ernie in his prime, you know, same swing, no matter butter. what. Butter. And he's like, hey Ernie, you know, hit hit a couple bombs for me, hit a couple longer ones. Sure. Didn't look like it changed at all. Went 30 yards farther. And it's like, that's like pure natural talent. DJ, like when you watch that, you're like, oh yeah, that's that ability. Like nothing will ever change in that golf swing. Nothing has changed in that golf swing since he's came on tour. The only thing that's gotten better is that he realized he needed to hit wedges better. That was it. Yeah. And once that happened, everything changed. I think it's, it's so hard for these boys and all coaches too. How many coaches do you play with who are actually a really, really good players? Like, really good. Almost not many. Not. Because it's very difficult to explain it and then forget about it and then go play. Mm. It's it's so hard to do. And these pro ants, it's like, how do you do it? Well, and that's why Tiger answers all the time. It's hands. It's hands. It's hands. Come on, mate. Give me something else. No, it's hands. Because I don't think he wants to drag himself down a path yeah but yeah i mean i think the, the coming back to the, the follow-up question i think I, my wife is of a similar opinion to me on a lot of things which is why it works and she knew going in like she's only known me traveling and she knew that it was i was going to chase it really hard now i've got children with the help of social media, I am a, I'm this type of thing. Trust me, I'm grateful for you boys asking me to come on because social media and the presence and the things I want to do with golf now, you have to share the information Absolutely. And, and you have to get it out there. That's why what you guys are doing is brilliant. You don't realize it because it, but it is. And I hope the guests that come on give you as much as they can because with podcasts getting the word out, and I know it's a grind. Trust me, I'm in the space sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to post or you just, but people need to know the lessons and it's helping me by being able to get it out there because now, as you've seen with the two little guys running in here, you you can't run a 37 event schedule. I can't run a 37 event life anymore. You know, I just can't do it. Yeah. You got to spread the gospel, the man, from your kid's room. That's how it works. Exactly. Exactly. Trotty, let's do something fun here. We're going to switch gears before we let you go, and then we have uh, our final questions. But we want to do a little segment called the Rapid Fire 10. So I'm going to fire 10 questions at you. We'll try and make it as rapid as possible. You ready for that? I'm ready. Let's do it. First question, what's in the bag? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the year, but I've just got those new MCs. Um, so M- MCs, obviously, tailor-made, obviously. Obviously, five through to yeah. pitching wedge. Then I go into the milk grind twos. I, I carry four wedges because I don't play very long golf. Four balls. wedges, so Yeah, I'm I'm horrific with wedges. I've decided I'm the worst wedge player in California. So <laughs> pitching wedge, 52, 56, 60. Um, and then at the top end, four, three, a seven, seventies. And I've got those PXIOs, which are a new shaft. I quite like them. They launched a. I love them in the long irons. The short irons, I'm sometimes 50, 50 on. To be honest. Um, and then I've got a Sim Max three wood with a Link Purple UST. I just love UST. Loved them my whole life. Realized again, you getting this close to equipment, having tried every shaft under the sun, 
I have realized just play what you played when you could actually play because there's a lot of in there like what did you use when you were any good the so UST. you're saying I should go back to the Graphaloy blue <laughs> well what well, no, I, I, well that's a good one because I'm in a Graphaloy blue as well I was a Graphaloy blue guy so Sick. what do you do when you're older slower fatter not as flexible and drink more when you play golf you go for the Graphaloy blue equivalent of 2020 which I, I'm gonna need a fitting be... for you to sort that out for me if you don't mind I'll come down and see you well, that's Aventus Black. That's Aventus Black. Is that what it is? Okay. okay. There you go. A little insider tip. But uh, but I'll tell you now, unless you're shifting it and unless you've got some serious ball speed, you won't be able to use Ventus Black. So then what you do is you buy like the diet version, which is the Ventus Blue. So you're covered. You know what I mean? Or I like if you want to if you want to stick with true tempo, which is Graphaloid, then you go Hulk Green is basically Graphaloid Blue. Uh. Or if you want to have the diet version because you're now not what you used to be, get hazardous smoke, which is what Dustin uses. Yeah, there you go. I could spend an entire day just mixing, tinkering, just yeah. seeing what things feel like, right? Like that's... I've spent in 10 years doing it. 10 yeah. years. And it, it kills your golf game. But when you get serious again, which trust me, I quit for a while, but having the kids, I wanted to get back into it. That's when you get a bit serious. But putter... Do you know what? This is where it gets funky. I'm actually using a prototype today. I change my putter basically every 20 minutes. And at the moment, I'm using a prototype <laughs> that, that is, uh, it's beautiful. It's like this fang thing with a ping zing short neck on it. It's money. It feels Sick. hard as balls, though. It doesn't feel soft at all. Oh, it's so, good. Sometimes that's good for feedback. What kind of ball are you playing right now? Uh, I just changed that today. <laughs> TP5X. I was TP5 yesterday. I'm TP5X today. And I haven't changed any lofts on anything. I hit the driver further, better. I still spin my wedges too much. That's all technique issue. And I could still flight the long irons. If you've got speed, TP5X is good. It just feels hard. You've got to get used to the feel. I like it. I like it. Are you an outfit guy on the golf course? Do you have to have something religiously match? Or what's your what's your gig? Not really. Not really. I mean, I need. I like to look smart as well. Smart but casual, I guess. I mean, where I play, you can roll up in t-shirts. So, Hill. I mean, mind you, today wasn't. Today we were doing the whole country club vibe. But, um, you know, I try and keep it as smart as I can. They, they love a sock in Southern California. Like, you got to get into the sock game. Which I've been socks. trying. I'm not a sock guy. A, High it, sock. I prefer as low as it can step. go. Jazz, jazzy socks for someone from Liverpool is is a big step, but I'm getting there so slowly. <laughs> I like it. Um, what do you mark your ball with? Oh, this is a belter. I mark my ball <laughs> with one of my junior club championship silver medals from Royal Liverpool Golf Club, which is meant to be a silver medal that you keep in a cabinet. And when I won my second one, I threw it down on the green playing with the club secretary back in like the 90s. And he's a group <laughs> captain of the British military. And I think he almost fell over when he saw that I was marking it with these prize possession right. medals. But no I was respect. like, I think it's pretty cool throwing down this bit of silver on the green. And then I won a few gold ones as well, but I've never broken out the gold ones. So I like the silver ones. So religiously, that ball marker, I'm all in. That's a great question. I like that question. Good, good. Uh, range warm up. What kind of what kind of guy are you? You couple beers and then bang it to the first tee. Do you go through the wedges? A little methodical. What's your range warm up like? I have been watching tour players warm up for years. I got this dial. There's a at the range I've been going to. They do a small basket, thirty five balls. I don't put an alignment stick down. I hit like five 
half wedges, try not to get too steep. And then I've seen the best in the world do it. They move from targets that are 60 yards left to targets that are 60 yards right, never hit two balls at the same target and hit different shot shapes and really try and only hit one or two balls with each club, then throw the clubs back in the bag, finish with a couple of drivers. And if you don't feel good, try not to get too caught on fannying about trying to find it. I think I think the best players in the world do that. Just shot shape, shot shape, shot shape. Know in the first few holes if you've got a 50, 60 yard pitch, hit a couple of them, feel it, then go. Awesome. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Gonna what, pull some of that into my own pregame warm-up. What's your go-to snack at the turn? Are you a hot dog guy like Abe Answers Caddy, Dale Valelli? Are you a, a power bar guy? Just a pack of cigarettes and a couple beers? What's your go-to? <laughs> Well, this is California, so everyone like eats turkey and avocados and oh, stuff man. like that. So if I start man. rocking out too much, it's the, the Liverpool comes out too much. So I always have one of those like healthy bar things, to be honest. I have them kicking green around. juice on the way too? I'm not green juice in it. I, I, the, the, <laughs> the, the IPAs down here are really good. And like yeah. I, I, I like the Guinness and stuff back home and... We, England, although England created IPAs, they never nailed it. The U.S. guys have nailed IPAs. I like how the I like how the scouts and you stay strong. You're not yeah. you're not gonna succumb to all that shit going on down there. Like keep the realness in you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Dream foursome, anybody dead or alive, male, female, animal, who would you have in your dream foursome? I know it's cliche, but we always like to little get a little insight. Yeah, and I, I've not prepared. I wish I had, because um, you always you think about it, don't you, for so long. Uh, it's crap, but I think I'd play with old friends, to be honest. And it's crap, because one of the answers I'd give, obviously, would be, if I said Hogan Tiger who, and, and and someone else. Bobby Jones? Like like Bill Murray. I actually quite like Bill Murray. Oh, Say yes, I said yeah. that. And, and then, but how loose and fun would it be? Do you know what I mean? And like, I don't think Hogan would say anything and Tiger wouldn't say a lot. So it would be me and Bill Murray, which would be pretty cool. Um, and as another British comedian like Mickey Flanagan, I love Mickey Flanagan. I have Mickey on the bag. And I don't, I don't think Mickey plays golf. And it would be awesome. So then I think, well, why do I want Hogan and Tiger in that? Because they're not going to really say anything to me and they're going to play really good. So then it's like me, Bill Murray, Mickey Flanagan on the bag. That would work. And then I'd put in, I'd throw in like a couple of mates. And even if it was someone that I didn't, know that well but i knew they were like a good loosener you know what i mean when you get mm. an introduction into something you want a good loot if someone tees you up shit yeah you've got to then intro yourself so i've got a mate back home louis who's big banter providing like no one's pissed him off he's good banter on him so we'll have him probably and then i'd pick another mate dependent on where i'm at in the world because it's all it depends where you are because then if you're in america I, and i'm west coast i want to pick like a good player who plays it in case I get lost a bit in my own game. Have a like I, play a bit, I play a bit of golf with a couple of mini tour guys now. And if I get a bit lost, I can sort of like, what are we doing here? Like, I want one of them there. Just in case I start playing really shit, I can be like, give me a little hand here so I can get through this and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Where Bill Murray would be like chiseling you, going, oh, fuck your shit, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you fight Bill Murray by the end of the day and you're like, that exactly. wasn't like, no. Whereas if I've got mates all over, so if I'm down in Australia, like I've got a couple of good mates who are pros down there and they know all the courses. So, you know, they'd be telling, like no one ever factors that in. Like where are you playing? If I'm playing somewhere, I have no clue where I'm playing. Yeah. I want to know where I'm going and I want some real insight so I can enjoy it. You know, that's yeah. a great way to look at it. We that. had somebody on the show the other night, a little off topic that uh, said he would love to 
not even play, just have four comedians go at it and battle. Yeah. He said it would just yeah. be so entertaining. So that could be a fun one. And I think that your answer changes, doesn't it, over time? It really does. And obviously, as you get a bit older, you're going to say your kids and you get more nostalgic. And that would be great. But, I mean, go take my little guy out to play golf now with me, Bill Murray, Mickey Flanagan, and flipping my mate, Louis. It'd be a nemesis. It'd be fucking all over. It'd be, it'd be a nightmare. You'd want to go in after six holes. He'd like, I'm done with it. I'm cold. So I'm that hungry. Ain't, that ain't dream yet. It's future dream. What does fuck mean? When's the hot dog coming? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, when you exactly. get home and your wife now has to have a conversation yeah. about all the things that happen in front of your children yeah. during Why the did he learn that word? Exactly. Why is he saying vagina? Exactly. Uh hole in one. How many how many and where? Zero. Oh. Zero. Zero. Oh, I hate really? that answer as well. Part of the Zero. Club. I come close many times, yeah. but how many hole in ones have you guys had? None for me too, so I get it. Zero. Zero. Look how lame are we? This is we <laughs> the guy that doesn't the come on question, the pod. The next question is crucial. Make sure yeah. it's a good one. The yeah. other guy that doesn't come on the pod is often with us. He has two, and he got them within like two years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one. How many you. double eagles, right? Just <laughs> yeah. in this pod. Oh, yeah. Now we're done. I'll give you the best. I'll give you the good question now before we wrap up with uh, Chris has got a couple more questions. Um, Last question of the rapid fire 10. What is your best score on or off the golf course? Ooh. <laughs> the, Hopefully the, the wife's not in the room Don't anymore. Don't give the easy one. You <laughs> can't you just do the wife. That's so easy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, she's going to listen to this, so I Perfect. actually can't answer that off one. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just the wife, obviously. Yeah, the best answer. That is, I'm punching, definitely. For sure. People see my wife now and they're like, how do you, you produce this? And I'm like, well, I got a few thousand followers on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, but you go and be married to her for ages. I'm, I'm, an, like, impl- I'm an influencer. I'm, I'm funny. an influencer. <laughs> yeah. um, so the the best score on the course, I actually had a 62 once. Ooh. I think it was it was either 62 or 63, Deep. and it was at a golf course that was probably I think it was past 71, and it was in a competition. I was an assistant pro that back when I was doing my teaching thing, nice. and uh, I I came from miles back to finish top ten, but it was either 62 or 63. I can't remember. And the day was a blur and every pot went in. And that's why I can't remember the score. And I just remember going. I was in a real weird place and I haven't been there since. And I probably never will be there. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. So at least you can revel in. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, okay. I have two final questions for you that I want quick answers to. Very little thinking. Oh, here we go. Uh, how underrated is Matthew Wolf? Ooh. And will he have? Well, quick, no. We'll just answer this quick one first. Answer. Uh, well, it's quick answer. You got to do it out of ten. One being sure, one massive, to ten, massively underrated, and ten being, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if that really works. But how much underrated did he become after Colin won a major? Uh, well, Jesus, you should have. <laughs> you got he, a quick he, answer. He, You're opening he a Pandora's box. <laughs> He, he's massively underrated. He's massively underrated. Massive. I mean, look at what he, he what he's doing. He he could have and should have maybe won the US Open. Hundred percent. Yep. And so, the PGA. And and no one saw that. So he is. I don't know how you put it in a scale of one to ten. He's massively underrated okay. in terms of a character that can go on and carry the game. Like let's forget the golf as well. In terms of an individual that can go on and take the sport to a fantastic place, people have no clue. No clue. Agreed. He could change the landscape. Totally. He could. There's a few things he needs to do, I think, and that's for his management to figure out. But I'm here if they want to ever listen to this podcast <laughs> and come and ask my advice. I am ready. But he 100% can 
can change the game. And I truly hope he does. Because bringing it back again, we've done the whole family thing. My six-year-old son knows two players, Tiger Woods and Matthew Wolf. Awesome. And and mm. he'll go the range. I want to hit, look at this, Dad. This is my Wolfie swing. And he starts absolutely no ripping it. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, just do a Wolfie. And he's there, he does his Wolfie swing. Do it. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's brilliant. Yep. That's why I'm telling you, he could change the way it is. Now, what agree. was the second one about Wolfie? Before Morikawa. I think um, him and Colin are obviously paired together. I think they're playing on it. They're going to play, I, I think it's public knowledge, they play pairs events together and stuff. And they're taking it on and two massively different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but obviously they seem to want to keep that relationship going. And I think it could be a great Ryder Cup pairing one day because Colin is very mellow and Wolfie's very bouncy. Yep. Um so I think that Colin winning helped Matthew Wolf's profile for sure. Uh, and I think it then makes people see, yeah, this kid's the real deal if they actually do their homework. Um, so he's massively underrated. A great kid, going to be a great American athlete and ambassador for the game for sure. Cool. Okay, and last question, and we can totally cut this out of the pod and you, or you can just say no comment. <laughs> Who made Tiger Woods' irons? Uh, in terms of who assembled them, in terms of who made them, who has made like, them over the years, and even in the transition into TaylorMade, TaylorMade makes those irons. Okay, TaylorMade makes it's the those first irons. time I've heard this. Truly, but we we obviously have worked with people that Tiger has trusted over the years in order to create those irons. Mm-hmm. But I can hand on heart tell you that there is a crew of people who give so much energy and effort every day to design those products, to co-design those products, to make them what they are. And I see it firsthand. And honestly, guys, I wish I could put it on Instagram when I see some of these things, but I know I can't because that is the Pandora's box that has to stay shut. And it's not my story. It's It's Tiger's story. And one day, I'm sure if he ever wants to, which he probably doesn't, but one day we'll tell it, but he, the people put a lot of effort into that. And it's been amazing to ha- see the guys have the success. And I've had zero involvement, to be honest. Awesome. I mean, in terms of design and in terms of that, my, my, my stuff with Tiger has been all on camera that people will see and have seen. And I'm very thankful for that. I mean, that works for me, but uh, it's a fair question. I, 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 and Taylor may have done a great job with it. Yeah. And they have. And that's always something that I think is floated around in that golf atmosphere for so long. And people are like, Pace has been dying to ask I've been you dying. I've been, been dying. dying. Like, he wanted to ask you that first and just hang up. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're good. Yeah. Make a quick clip and leave. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a good answer, though, because it is, yeah, like there is a Tiger Woods has a full blown enterprise around him helping him succeed in what he does. And it's like, let's not let the urban legends overshadow the hard work that all the people that are out there actually are putting into it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously it's the engineers, if ever they engineers are tough, but if ever engineers come and do it's for them to reveal it rather than me fully say what they did and what we, but it's, I've seen it all. It's great. And like I say, people put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it. Like I'm sure you guys do with your podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to drop. Tears, we, yeah, sure. we got we got <laughs> lots of blood, and lots of tears. <laughs> we got to drop a little thing on you here. We have uh, we're, we're percolating something at Ram Hills. Uh, sorry, at Rolling Hills next year. So we're uh, throwing ideas around it around a charity event or some kind of a charity component event. So we want to throw the invite out to you. You don't have to answer or commit to anything now, but we just want to put that out there on air. 
So where, I mean, hang on a minute. Where is this place? South LA, Rolling Hills Country Club, private club. Okay, well, yeah, I guarantee you, boys, if I am in town, I'm there. A hundred percent. I've really, I mean, oh. I've really enjoyed this podcast and yeah. I thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And I can tell from the stuff I've listened to, you're, you, you, you respect the game. I mean, we're all golf geeks. Let's not hide, but even you, Parky, we're all golf, we're all Parky, we're all golf geeks here. But <laughs> Parky might you, know, be the you, most. you probably, probably the hide it the best, ah. but I, you're a geek. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. If you I'm just the- tell him you want to play the tips, you will see his eyes light up yeah, like I'm the, no other. I'm the worst. <laughs> but boys, if I'm in town and, and I'm dri- I'm driving to LA, it sounds like a belter of a golf course. As you can tell, in English, I don't know any of these belters, but it sounds like a belter. It's if it's beautiful. in LA, it's going to be a belter and I want to play it. So I'll be awesome. there. It's either going to be 80 or it's going to be level par. That's what you're going to get. Don't expect any more. That's man. perfect. Player A, player B. <laughs> yeah, Whoever exactly. shows up that day. <laughs> exactly. That's beautiful. Well, honestly, man, we can't thank you enough for jumping on with us. Yeah, this thanks. was an absolute blast tonight, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to get a little fitting and see if I fit into that uh, that Graflay Blue or the newer version of it. But uh, I'm sure we can figure. <laughs> He's something looking out for, for angles. It. He's looking for angles. Yeah, man. I'm trying it's to been, find that an- that angle. Yeah. yeah, that launch angle. It's been so much fun tonight. Thanks for your time. Like, honestly, can't thank you enough for circling back and giving us a second opportunity to sure. to drag you through the trenches here. It's it's been great to get some insight and. We look forward to maybe inviting you on back down the road sometime or at least getting out on the golf course with you at some capacity. Definitely. Look, golf's in a good place, and anyone who's listened to this, it just it's only a game that keeps giving. So whether no matter what you are, where you're at with it, and just meeting people. I mean, I've met people all over the world. So thank you very much, guys. Appreciate right, it. Pleasure, bud. Thanks, Trotty. Cheers, boys. Thanks, right, brother. Have a good night. Take care. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll chat with you guys next week.